1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 77 Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Welcome to episode 159 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Please subscribe and tell a friend. Jack Williams is here. Hello, everybody. How was camping last week? It was camping in England, mate, in August. You know, it's not the best holiday, but it's better than nothing. Hard times. Uh, Mark Rose is here from Wandering Wolf. Mark, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, lads. Uh, much appreciated. It's a lot more of a professional outfit than I'm usually used to, so thanks. <laughs> it would have been even more professional if I could dig my soundboard out because I had all of your auditions ready to go. And oh, God. From I... Pop Idol. Oh. Uh, Bayliss was a huge fan of you crying when you went through to the final. Well, you got to so, do what you got to do, mate. you got to do what you got to do. Couldn't, couldn't dig it out. And then I thought, actually, I think you probably had about 20 years of that. So um, hey. <laughs> we'll leave it until the next time when I can get prepared. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, right uh, well harry let's start with leicester and actually jackie were there too but harry your away day started fairly early didn't it but you're on the wolves mm. bus next to finners i mean if there'd have been a crash the youtube royalty would have just gone out the window <laughs> where would we have been yeah it was uh it was so good to be back at an away day like the buzz building up to it. we were quite negative weren't we on the last podcast well i was certainly and the buzz and as soon as i got into the ground i was like yes we're back and you all you all heard the Wolves fans, incredible, and that was the best part of the day. We'll get onto the game and how we performed, which is good too. But just being back at the game, seeing it as familiar faces, and the atmosphere was just absolutely incredible, and I love being back. Um, Jack, it seemed that a day's drinking was ruined by a one nil loss at the King Power, but I, I guess you're the same. But did you have a little bit of trouble actually getting into the ground? A little bit of a palaver. Um, I don't know if it was just us because you know we'd had a few drinks by then, but. We've got all these electronic tickets now. It was 3 p.m. People have to print themselves. And then we had real trouble getting into the gates. And by this time, there's a massive queue. And um, so a couple of us managed to get through by, you know, squeezing two in one turn style. And my friend's dad, who we went with, actually didn't get in. And then uh, didn't end up getting in at all. So it was a a bit of a palaver, really. Um, But I don't know whether it was just us that noticed that. But um, it could have just been us using the wrong gate or something, I think. But I think the police <laughs> shut, shut some of the gates off, which our God. tickets were used for. So we had we had real trouble getting in. And because our mate's friend was using his one of our other friend's tickets, his name didn't match on the tickets because all the tickets came with their names printed on. So uh, yeah. he couldn't get it redone. And 
so that, I think that might be the way it's going now. I just hope COVID isn't an excuse for people now suddenly having to be ID'd and having tickets, uh, names on tickets going into the ground and stuff, because I fear that might be the way it's going. But yeah. regardless, anyway, I got in and I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> it as well, really. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it, apart from the results. But even overall, I was very pleased with the performance. I was It was much better than I was expecting, to be honest. I think everyone had doubts around, particularly around the defence and around... Leicester's players running at us with pace and we contained them quite well. And the difference on the day was just a Jamie Vardy finish, really. We had yeah. the better better chances and just if Traore could finish, he'd be one out of a player, wouldn't he? But <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worth the price tag that's being banded around. Um, Mark, it was it was great actually, wasn't it, to see uh, football back. I mean, we, we've said on the podcast in previous episodes and towards the la- end of last season, you were just glad when the games were over and we could concentrate on something else. What was it like for you in the build-up to this one? It was amazing, actually. It wasn't so much as the the first game of the season. Obviously, there's a lot of nerves being the Wolves fans, a lot of trepidation, actually, because, you know, the whole transfer saga, which I'm sure we're getting to um, a bit later on. But um, it was just wonderful to see people actually at a football game. It's like, I don't care what anybody says. Last season, there's always going to be an asterisk there. There's always going to be a so what kind of attitude to it. And I, I truly believe that, you know, we came where we did in the Premier League last season. I think it'll be chalked off to experience. And I, I really do believe we're going to do a lot better now. And, and 100% that is because we'll have full houses at Molyneux half, half of the season. Um, Harry, an improved performance, I think, when we look at the second half anyway, because it wasn't, it wasn't brilliant the first half, although it sort of went toe-to-toe. I think it was a world-class finish from Jamie Vardy. I mean, you were sort of on the, of the vlog sticking your middle finger at him saying, I hate Vardy. <laughs> but I mean, you, you can't yeah. fault the finish, can you? No, that was just uh, in the moment. Oh, brilliant finish. Brilliant. It, it was a bit weak from, I think it's Marcel and Martinho who got done and then the ball came in. But it is a great finish. I've heard people say Cody probably could have done better. He let Vardy get across him easy. But that's, that's quite harsh, isn't it? And sure. I thought defensively, I thought we did okay. I was really worried about our defence going into this game. We saw the way they defended against Celta Vigo first half with them running in down the channels and especially Kilman, the defence did really well. And yeah. I, It was a bit like the Celta Vigo game overall. First half, not the best, although Adama probably should have scored his chance. Vardy had it in the net, it was offside, had a few chances. And then second half, wow, shackles come off just like against Celta Vigo and we were attacking and it was really refreshing to see and on another day, we could have won three-one if we if we knew where the net is. You know what I mean? And Adama Traore's got to lay that one across to Jimenez, hasn't he? And there's a few other chances in there, and it's good signs, positive. I was really happy after the game, which is so strange after losing one-nil. But we've just played a team that are going to be pushing for the top four, so you've got to take a lot of positives out of the performance. Um, Jack, I don't know if it was a drink or if it just has split opinion in general, but I mean, you were quite pleased with Hoover's performance, but I actually did write some notes <laughs> in the second half because uh, I thought I'd write something down because I always do forget. I thought pathetic yellow card and I thought he did look quite lightweight and his crossing wasn't exactly the best, but I think you might have been seeing things from a different I... angle, which I, I completely see. Yeah, probably a very drunk angle, but at the same time, I was the players that there were sort of doubts over on the day. I thought I thought did well. I thought Hoover had a good game, and I thought Kilman was our man of the match really. And they're hardly two players who you'd have put on our first team uh, sheet if everyone was fit and after all the transfers had come in. And I thought they they handled it really well. Also, uh, what's his name Trincao? I thought did well. Yeah, uh, particularly in the second half, when I know we've said he looks a bit lightweight, but I think he's what can be one of a player he can because he's certainly got some technical ability. So it's a weird one, but I do think yeah, there were more more positives than negatives. It's clear that we still need a few players, which I know we'll talk about talk about in a bit. But I was honestly going there. I think I said to Harry the, the night before, I was like, it's weird one this because I'm really really excited about going back to football tomorrow, but I think we're going to get battered. But it was more you're excited for the day rather than the game. But the game yeah. didn't disappoint really. And you know, apart from apart, you know, Leicester didn't really create that much apart from having that that clinical finish. And there were just some moments when we broke, like Harry said earlier, where we just made the wrong decision, whether it be with the finish or whether it be with not squaring the ball or whatever it might be. And mm. we can work on that. But um, overall, I was pleased with the performance. And just like Nuno used to say, it's about the performances, not the results, kind of. So, <laughs> yeah, the past. <laughs> uh, Mark, you mentioned transfers previously. I mean, it, to be honest, it does seem that it's just as important the players that we do sign than the ones that we don't. And when Vestergaard came on, I thought, thank God we've avoided that one. <laughs> Absolutely. God, how slow was he, by the way? He was, like, he was like his feet were in treacle. I thought, if ever there was a player that you want to run at, it's him. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think I think we dodged a bullet there, um, to be honest. And I, I'm not one of these people that say, "Oh, let's just get anyone in." Like, I, I think obviously we should we should have bought in players a, a little bit sooner. But they they did say to us that it was going to take a while after the Euros. Like they didn't lie. They're like you know. I, I understand the frustration from the Wolves fans, but like some players are just not available um, at the moment. Um, I, I think we're going to be all right. I think there's like, two or three signings that we will make and they will make a massive difference to the team. Um, Harry, we've mentioned it, I think, last week, saying that Leicester are one of those teams that Wolves will be aspiring to be at the moment. Apart from those clapper things, what the hell were they? <laughs> the I mean, most annoying thing I've ever heard. It was such a strange atmosphere in, in terms of the home fans. They they hardly sang really, and the Wolves fans were taking the piss half the time, singing eighteen months, and you and you still don't sing. So bizarre, really, because Leicester. I've always looked at them as quite a good fan base, home and away. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose that winning the Premier League five years ago, winning the FA Cup, winning the Community Shield. I think I said a Mark show Saturday. I think they just turned up expecting to win. So they would, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, you sometimes it's hard to get the atmosphere going. Cause you think we're going to win this? Yeah. We were underdogs, so. Strange, and then clappers were awful. I don't know why why they had their losing backs. So poor. It's the classic one that if, you, if your atmosphere is good, you don't need that sort of thing. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, and exactly. I think that's a good point. Actually, the Wolves fans, I thought, were brilliant. They were singing oh, yeah. Bruno Large's name yeah. all the way through the game. Um, absolutely outsung them, and. Yeah, it was just one of those days where even though you lost, you thought, I'm glad I'm sat in this end rather than the other end because it's just more fun. And it, it was. And... After 10 points, it's going to be fun, though. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I was happy just to get through the turnstile, to be honest. With you. After, that, after that, anything's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we were talking about last week, um, Morgan Gibbs-White's breakthrough season for the fifth time, I think. He's had five of those now, Mark. Um, but he, he looked he looked decent when he came on, I thought. I thought he had a great cameo. Um, yeah, um, me and Craig um, on the channel have, have been... We, we've been pretty negative towards um, Morgan Gibbs-White uh, because we didn't think he did enough. But I think with Bruno Lage, I, I think he... He's going to get the best of him. Um, I thought he he was really good with his passing. His link-up play was really good. I think if he is going to have a breakout season, it is going to be with this manager. Um, I think Bruno Lage really likes him, really rates him, uh, and I, th- I think he's going to get a lot more game time than we than we saw uh, with Nuno. And I think what what we need is a lot of players vying for places, and and Morgan Gibbs White is is a great addition, a squad addition. I don't think he's going to play every single game, but I think he's he's a decent backup option. Uh, Harry, breakthrough seasons don't just come for players, they come for managers. And I suppose Bruno Large is, is having his potential breakthrough season too. He changed it early, didn't he? Which is something that we're just not used to seeing under the previous administration at all. Good to see. Yeah, and another thing I want to mention is how animated he was on the on the sidelines. I was watching him quite a lot and honestly, especially second half, he was just get, he was just like forward. He was going mad at the players. And at the end of the game, Traore was walking off. And I think he was obviously a bit annoyed Traority had these chances and that. And he was like, get over to the corner and clap the fans and things like that. You know, just little things like that, you know, yeah. and very animated. And obviously he's quite an inexperienced manager, as we know. And I hope it goes well for him because it was refreshing that second half. I know it was similar to the Nuno era in, in first half weren't the best, second half was really good, but it just felt a bit different the way we were attacking and obviously with the inverted wingers and that little one-two sticks out for me when it went into Jimenez and he flicked it through to Kilman. That's what yeah, we've missed, Kilman, isn't it? Yeah, we've missed yeah I, don't know why, I don't know why Kilman ended up there, like, but still, <laughs> that sort of thing is brilliant and hopefully we can do more of that on the edge of the box and things like that. And if we've got eight Nori on the left and Samedo on the right, it'll be a bit more attacking. To, although I agree with Jack, I thought Hoover defended well against Barnes. Marcel was okay, but every time he looked up first half, Traore was really close to him and so we couldn't really knock one up the line to him, if you get what I mean. So maybe if we've got Aitnori and Samedo on the wings to bomb down and we might be a bit more effective going forward. That's just what I noticed. Uh, Jack Connor Cody on one of my notes, I've got Cody sent for a hot dog by Barnes. And <laughs> some, at some point he just looked out of his depth a little bit, but is it just a little bit rusty? Obviously coming back from the Euros, I mean, he didn't play any game so he won't be rusty he's got a sore he's got a sore arse (laughs) (laughs) I actually I actually find it hard to criticise any of the defence when we only lost 1-0 and I think the criticism that Cody got for the goal was probably a little bit 
unjust, really. I think I that think the goal came from the build-up. Like, is it, if, if Vardy gets in front of him and just flicks it on like that at that pace, what's he really supposed to do? <laughs> and it's it's a great strike play rather than poor defending, I think. And the build-up play is what you want to stop. So I can't criticise the defence. And I thought we were going to sit here today doing this podcast and be like, oh, we've let in... You know, we scored, scored two goals, great, but we've lost five two or something like that, <laughs> and and it didn't happen. Um, I know Harry's probably angry that we're still playing five at the back, which arguably might be to accommodate Cody. Mm. Well, probably is really, it but is. it's going to be. Let's see what happens in the next three weeks because if we do bring in some players, maybe that can change more dynamically than it has. Uh, Mark Saar making his competitive debut. What did you think of his performance? Obviously, not much he could do for the goal. No, he didn't have a chance for the goal. I, I think he's completely different to Rui in mm. the fact that he 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 plays he plays it really well on the ground. Um, obviously, he needs to be a lot. Uh, he needs to be as good with his hands. Obviously, <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I think he's going to link up play a lot better than Patricio. He comes off his line so much more than Patricio. Like Patricio, I'd like this like meter square that he didn't deviate from oh, like from corners he didn't collect anything um but i think saw will for me he's he's like he's patricio light in the fact that we've got him at a younger age we've got him on a long contract he he may get to a, the level of patricio um it, he hasn't done anything wrong so far uh, as you, as you said like he didn't have a chance in hell at the goal but uh, i'm happy with saw i think uh, he's going to be he's going to be a slow burner harry man of the match well that's it's got to be kilman hasn't it it's got to be uh, for me i don't know if we're just saying that because he wasn't the best against Celta Vigo, but yeah, probably Kilman. Jack? Definitely Kilman. He, he was our, probably, our, apart from Adama, our best attacking threat as well, which is <laughs> <laughs> some credit yeah. And especially when he's playing yeah. on the wrong side as well. He's sort of been slotted into yeah. that sort of square peg round hole and he was brilliant. Like, he's tackling. The one that, that tackle he made was amazing. Yeah. So, definitely Kilman. Uh, Mark, do we have three Maximilian Kilmans? I think we do. I think we do. So I didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, whenever he has been asked to do a job, um, especially in the back three, I think he's a great option to have. I don't know whether, you know, if we, we do play a, a back four, he's going to be the, the first the first player on the team sheet. But, you know, he's, he, he does a job consistently and uh, I think he gets a bad uh, rep sometimes for, for no reason whatsoever. Perfect. Okay, we'll uh, we'll leave Leicester and we'll head to North London next uh, for Tottenham. Well, in terms of the, where the side are, but of course they're coming to Molyneux. <laughs> um, but if you want to go and have a look at the away perspective, then check out the uh, Seventy Seven Club YouTube uh, account and the video with Dan Tracy from Come On You Spurs is up now. But if you are listening to the podcast, then it's going to come up now. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Joined then by Dan Tracy from the Come On You Spurs podcast. Dan, how's it going to begin with? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad, thanks. It is just the football stars aligning, isn't it, for Sunday? Nuno's first away game and first return to Molyneux, second game of the season. Let's just talk a little bit about Nuno to begin with. We were talking before we started recording this that he was maybe sixth or seventh choice, but you're still going to get behind him. Well, I think you've got to really, haven't you? I mean, yes, there's an element of disappointment that after the names that we were linked with, someone like Antonio Conte's ilk, maybe even a Pochettino return. Personally, I wouldn't have gone for that because I'm a big believer that managers should never really go back because you're never quite as good second time around. But of course, when you're looking at that calibre of manager, you're thinking, well, actually, this could be the, the natural progression past Mourinho. And then you're going down the shopping list, as it were, and you're getting to Graham Potter and Ten Hag and so on and so forth. And then you're going, right, OK, well, we need a manager and it gets to Nuno, and you're thinking, no disrespect to him at all, but he was no one's real first choice, but he's here, and why not get behind him? And if he can do great things like Sunday, then maybe we have got a good manager. It might be the kind of new start that we need, just a different kind of name, like, I don't know, someone like Martin Yole, who wasn't the glamour appointment, but he put building blocks in for the next couple of managers to make good use of. So I don't think it's going to be a bad appointment, whether it's trophies and, you know, really pushing for the Premier League again, I don't know, but let's buckle up for the ride and see where we go. I mean, it was one of those where it looked like the business was going to be done early, getting rid of Mourinho at the time that he did. And it just didn't turn out to be the case. It's something that seemed to roll on for a long time, but I'm sure you're getting used to that at the moment. What's the latest situation with Harry Kane? Oh, 
who knows really I mean it's, it's so much conjecture I get bored of reading the conjecture personally I feel he's off I think the wall of silence regarding our win over Manchester City on Sunday just the fact that you know even just a, a very quick tweet to say well done the lads or something very basic or mm. just something beforehand he's obviously being coached or managed behind the scenes by his brother or his team and I don't think they're doing a very good job you could even argue they didn't do a good job by tying him down to a six-year contract and then asking for this break after three and this gentleman's agreement and so on and so forth so I just feel that has he checked out I also feel that an element of the fan base have almost yeah they have turned on him to be honest and you're seeing him getting tagged in tweets by people on Twitter and you're thinking if that's trying to help him stay at the club it's not and I just feel that um, yeah, I just think there's too much noise unless, you know, Levy does his, Daniel Levy, what he's good at, his MO of really digging and saying, look, you know, it's going to be 160 million. It's my way or the highway. But I can see City just being persistent and I think they will bite the bullet eventually. But I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be a bitten bullet on, say, I don't know, August the 29th and we've got two days to, to buy a striker. So logically, and Tottenham don't really do logic in the transfer market, but they should try and buy a striker first and just get that business in. Otherwise, if they've got £160 million burning in their back pocket, all the other clubs would be like, right, well, that's an extra £10 million on top because, you know, it's like a desperation mm-hmm. tax, if you will. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me again in two weeks, I think, hey, well, yes, what I think will happen in two weeks is Kane will be gone, he'll be in a Man City shirt and we'll have some form of replacement, but replacement's not the word either. It'll just be someone in the Tottenham squad because you can't replace Harry Kane. It's just how you evolve from there on. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I've seen in some of the red top papers today that Raul Jimenez has been linked with a move. I mean, do you think there's any substance in that? Well, I mean, it's going to be the way, isn't it, that any Wolves player worth their salt is going to be linked with Tottenham because it's two plus two equals four and it's lazy journalism. Would he come to Tottenham? Possibly, you know, no disrespect to Wolves, but it is up the food chain in terms of a club and stature and, you know, Europa Conference League this season alone. But there's potential let's put it that way but I think also maybe Jimenez owes not necessarily a debt to Wolves but obviously they have backed him through the injury and all that be a little bit naughty for him to say right well I'm off at the first opportunity so you know you could slot in any name Ruben Neves, Traore you know just any Wolves player who's been half decent and if Nuno was perhaps looking to go back to his old club there's the rumour. And let's just have a look at, at the weekend then. Um, you know, the games do come thick and fast at, at the, this season, it seems, obviously catching up with coronavirus and that sort of thing. Uh, did you go to the game against Manchester City? No, I don't. I live in Newcastle now, so I'm a, a long since departed season to get hold of. So I would have loved to have gone because the atmosphere looks absolutely incredible. Atmosphere that wasn't there when I was a season to get hold of. I think it was a bit of settling in and I think also it was an indifferent time in terms of Tottenham and their footballing style. But again, that new era, even just seeing everyone waving the flags, it's just, you know, there's a bit of vibrancy there. Dare I say, it's like the old White Hot Lane. So the perfect start to a new season and long may it continue. Uh, in terms of a starting eleven for Spurs, I mean, I, I've got mine rolling along the bottom of the screen at the moment. I don't know how far off it is, but um, that's what we've seen sort of banded about at the moment would you make any changes to that and if you just read them out for the people listening to the podcast that would be great yeah sure so you've gone for Lloris in goal a back four of Tanganga Eric Dyer, Romero and Sergio Regulion midfield three of Schoiberg and Dumbele Winks and there's Bergwin Mora you've actually only given me 10 players so let's assume a human son is in that <laughs> miss one out I miss one yeah. <laughs> as a sending off who got sent off <laughs> let's go for some Jeffs <laughs> But um, I I don't know. I think I'm always on the score. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And after beating Man City, you are looking at it and thinking, maybe we should just go with what we've got. I mean, Deli Ali had a very good game, I thought. Much more disciplined and a different role to what he would usually play. We know him as a not quite second striker, but someone who can pick up the, the headers and the, the drop-down balls for a striker to latch on to. That was a different kind of role. And I, I don't know if he will play as a number 10 in that, how he used to play set up under Nuno so I think I don't even know if Harry Winks has much of a future at Tottenham if I'm honest so I would go with yeah I would drop Harry Winks I mean even do you know what even in Dembele I would to be honest I'd rip up that midfield I think the fact that Oliver Skip played really well um no reason to drop him I would be very surprised if there's many changes I think Romero could be a shout to actually play 
but it would be harsh on either Sanchez or Dyer to drop either one of them. Then again, they were largely castigated last season, mm-hmm. both of them, due to performance. So we can't be too quick to say Tottenham's back four problems are solved. We don't need a £42 million defender. So I think if there's going to be one change, I would go Romero. But to be honest, I think it would be largely unchanged what we saw against City on Sunday. So nobody called Harry will be on the pitch. On yeah, Sunday. we're going for a Harry-free zone, unless you've got Harry's- any Harrys le- lurking <laughs> no. in, the, in the shadows. No? No, no Harrys from, from our point of view. Um Let's do it. I mean, we know we hate doing them, but if we do a score prediction, Dan? Okay, I'll go for I'll go for 2 1, because I think obviously Wolves' first game of the season, you're going to be up for it from a crowd point of view. So that's going to put Tottenham at a little bit of unease. But I think we'll have that buoyancy from uh, Sunday of last week. Of course, there is the Pacos Ferreira game on Thursday. So whether we're a little bit leggy, but I think we'll just have enough in the tank, especially you can't really use that excuse early in the season. So I think we'll get over the line with a 2 1 win. Perfect. Excellent. Well, um, where can people come and listen to your content, if you just give yourselves a plug, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. So it's the Common New Spurs podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. The Twitter account is COIS underscore COM. It's the Common New Spurs podcast account. So basically, yeah, just the, the Twitter is our kind of main feed for all the podcast links, which records every Monday night and you can catch it anytime across the week or across the season. Perfect, Dan. Well, best of bad luck, of course, for the weekend and we'll look Absolutely. forward to uh, catching up with you later on in the season. Thank you very much, mate. Look forward to it. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So in terms of Tottenham, it's, like I said, in the away perspective, Harry, written in the stars almost. Nuno's return comes second game of the season. Wolves' first home game of the season. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Is it a little bit of both? Um, well, before Sunday before I watched them play. I was quite confident, but then yeah. I watched them against Man City. <laughs> and they've obviously won 1-0. He's got the tactics right, and he's just going to do a job on us, and he? That's what it feels like. And it was so upsetting to see him. This might sound a bit bizarre, but to see him all clean-shaven, his hair, but he looked like, it looked like when he first came to us, like all fresh, loving life. Buzzing, and yeah. I just, it's like I a hope... Phil Mitchell meme, isn't it? You know, yeah. when you're an alcoholic and down and out at Wolves, and then like yeah. you turn and around. Just, oh, yeah. It's like you don't, he didn't dress yeah. that way for me. It's that sort of thing. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah, and I just hope we can beat him, but I don't know, man. I do hope he gets a good reception, but I don't want to go too far with it. And I also don't want it to be too negative because you know there's going to be some yeah. idiots that boo him. I hope they don't. They can't boo him. He's a, he's a legend at Wolves. I mean, so yeah, you get a good of applause before the game, a bit like when McCarthy returned. A little bit of respect and play the game and, and hope we do them. But uh, yeah, I'm nervous. Uh, Hungry Like the Wolf says nobody wants their ex to win the breakup. I mean, speaking of which, Jack, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, did, did make me chuckle then saying about just thinking back to some of the times, particularly like last season when he, particularly the Albion game, when he was like oh, on the bench looking like he's like basically looked like a homeless bloke sat there who didn't have a clue what he was doing. <laughs> and now he's gone. Probably got a nice pay rise at Spurs and it's like yeah. he's uh, he's gone from rags to riches. Um, yeah. But in terms of the guy, I agree with Harry and I think... Yeah, give him a little clap and he comes out, show a bit of respect. He's taken us to a level where, that I didn't think we'd ever be at, probably in, in my lifetime, if I'm being realistic, if you look back six or seven years ago. Have that bit of respect, but as soon as that whistle goes, fuck him, let's beat him. <laughs> so, yeah. And now for the uh, slightly toned down version of what Jax just said. Uh, <laughs> the, the CBB's version is... Yeah, you think, yeah. Here, here uh, I, I, I completely agree. I think we've got to give him the respect that he deserves. He's got us to a Europa League quarterfinal. He's got us to the FA Cup semi-final, two seventh places. What a bloke, but he's nothing to me now. He is trying to win three points at the Molyneux. We're Bruno's army. We're not Nuno's army. Like, just forget about him. Polite applause. And, and if he does win, uh, if he does take three points at Molyneux, I'll hate him as much as uh, I, I do any manager that comes to us and, and beats us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's it's like the, the king is dead, long live the king type, type thing, isn't it? Um, Harry, I was going to say, is now a good time to play Spurs without Harry Kane? I mean, Dan reckons there's going to be no one called Harry on the pitch come the weekend. Yeah, is is it is it a good time to play them? I don't know. Did they, you know, since City have played competitive matches, they've lost both of them. 
Yeah, it, it's still a bit unknown. Obviously, a great result against Man City. But, you know, Leicester just beat Man City too, haven't they? And we did well against them. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting because with Nuno, you, you kind of know what he's going to do. But then he knows us inside out too, doesn't he? So unless Bruno, mm. ah, Bruno, Nuno, Bruno, but I'll get mixed up now. Unless Bruno <laughs> puts something a little bit different and we don't just fall into the trap of what we've been doing under Nuno. We just need to, I don't know, maybe go at them early instead of like being really cautious first half like we were against Leicester. Because you know they're going to be cautious, Spurs, that he's going to have them set up solid, you know, get to half time as he always does. And then they'll try and hit us, hit us on the break and get a goal. Or they could surprise us because they've got the talent to just attack and score early, haven't they too? But yeah. you'd guess they're going to sit back, try and get a goal. And we've just got to go at them early. Try and get a couple of goals. It's easier said than done, isn't it? With uh, the team we've got at the moment with the injuries and whatsoever. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting and I can't really call it, but I hope we can do it. Um, Jack, would you make any changes from the side that lost to Leicester? I don't know if we're going to have the luxury of that, really. When you look at the squad and the players we've got, I mean, prob- probably not really. I mean, if Semedo is fit, I know he got a few minutes for the under-23s on Monday night, didn't he? He was, then- he's at Agbra, wasn't he? Then potentially, I didn't watch the game. I don't know how well he played, or I think he, he got skinned so many times. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why Munich all over again. <laughs> so I'd say that's probably the only one you really, really can make. Really, so there's going to be minimal changes, I think, particularly after the team played pretty well. But it is weird coming up against a manager like Nuno, who's going to know all those players inside out because he's been there for for four years with most of them. It's going to be a really strange one, and large as really going to have his work cut out to try and to try and deal with that because he'll just be sat in the, in the dressing room saying, right, run at Cody. He's just like, <laughs> son, yeah. son, run at Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Get him behind. <laughs> like every, yeah. yeah, anyone ever says. Yeah. Um, just Marcus, put, two, two, put two men on a Dharma and then he, he went back exactly, to That's exactly what I said. Two men on a Dharma and put the ball over the top for Cody. Yeah, that's Not it. good and you're 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marcus, a, a lack of changes comes a lack of system. Will that bother you? Yeah, I, I think I think if we would have got absolutely spanked by Leicester, then wholesale changes needed to be done. But I, I think the way we played against Leicester, and bear this in mind, we, you know, Tottenham played against Man City like Nuno likes to play against teams, like mm. hardly any possession, play them on the break. Like they're not going to do that against us because we don't like the ball either. So it's, it's gonna it's gonna be which team wants to counter attack it. You know, it's gonna nil nil. It's gonna be for me. I think it's gonna like I think we'll cancel each other out. Personally, I hope I'm wrong and I hope we win. But I can see it being the drabbiest nil nil draw in the entire world because I just think that to counteract our players, Nuno will be so keen to keep Adama Traore quiet. And he'll know what to do with him and he'll know, and he'll. I just think it's going to be a drab nil-nil draw. Sorry, lads. Oh, All right. Well, we'll get, get some that. more uh, score predictions. Harry, score prediction. Ah, oh, let's be positive. I'm going to go with a late two-one Wolves win. Jack, I can't see it being nil-nil. I really can't. I think we're going to be really up for this, and I think Large is going to be up for it too. And I think it could be a goal fest. Um, I'd, I'd love a. 2-2, but I'm going to say more like 3-1 Spurs, to be honest. But I think they'll be goals. <laughs> I'm going to say Wolves. Oh, oh God. <laughs> God. I was being negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be 4-3-1. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. Well, normally now we'd, we'd get some better odds and ticket news. I mean, Jack, have you have you got any ticket news that you can share with us? I've got a bit of ticket news, yeah. yeah what are better odds? Uh, Harry, could you yeah. talk us out some betting odds whilst... Uh, <laughs> yeah, go on. Talk away, Jack. I'll try and get some. So, I know we haven't done... Well, I haven't done ticket news properly for a year and a half, but <laughs> there's not really much to say lately. Um, I don't know if you all saw about the palaver with the Nottingham Forest game. So, that League Cup game that we yeah. got on Tuesday, basically, Wolves asked for it to be moved because we're playing on the Sunday, which is, you mm-hmm. know, 48-hour turnaround is uh, a bit unreasonable, really, but it was rejected. By um, by the FA and whoever because because I think there's a cricket game going on in Nottingham at the same time for some reason like that. Well, so basically, the tickets for the for that Carabao Cup game only went on sale today for a game on Tuesday night. So I think the, win- the windows they've done for them basically are season ticket holders and high points people today 
and then everybody else remembers and sees ticket holders or either from late tonight or from tomorrow morning. So basically, God knows when your window is if you're trying to get one, but the allocation was 2,000 anyway, but I'd imagine there might be a few more than that maybe because I can't see it being very in demand when they've only just sorted out the um, the ticket status for it. And I think a lot of people lately are just moaning about the, the, the sensing issues with the, well, not everything, but just with the way the club's yeah. sort of being run and the ticketing and the way it's going. Obviously, I mentioned earlier we had trouble getting in at Leicester, which is not necessarily Wolves' fault. It's uh, you know the responsibility of the home club, but also they've introduced this new sort of uh, ticketing scheme, the Membership Plus scheme, which I think we spoke about before, which basically destroys all the loyalty of the previous mm. members. And the first two games they've had to test that out are Spurs and Man United at home. Where basically, if you buy a membership now, you're in the same place to queue as someone who's been to every home game in the last five years, which, and obviously, as soon as that window opens, they just sell out straight away. So I'd imagine that's annoyed quite a lot of people out. But as a result of that, I think pretty much, obviously, Spurs on Sunday and the, the Man United game are now sold out instantly as soon as they hit the member sale. So that's that. No call. That's ticket news. <laughs> and and the yeah the corner stand is that still any timelines on that I haven't seen anything about the corner stand it's a shambles isn't it really yeah, I mean it's been a shambles for, for years really and it, the fact you needed a corner stand for this many years it means you should have done something about the capacity <laughs> and let's not get started when we get there on Sunday and we're getting rained on because we're in the North Bank again we've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been away for 18 again, months yeah. and we're steeple stands <laughs> falling to bits <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think I'd rather be in the steeple stand when it's raining there's nothing worse honestly you know we're, we're, we're 10 rows back and we still get absolutely yeah, hammered so we, had, we, had, yeah. we had that one game once and I think I think it was the first season back and it was against Bournemouth and it was freezing it was freezing oh, yeah. Yeah, it was raining, and I was yeah. like, "This is just, you know, good catch." Chris, I mean, this isn't Chris even still had his top off in front of us, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. That's just that's just what you need. Just what you need. Oh, Harry, give it here with some odds. Um, I've just gone for a few simple ones because it's last minute. We are underdogks. We're twelve to five to win. Spurs are six to five. Six to say twelve to one. Then I was like, "Bloody hell!" No, no, imagine, yeah, nine, <laughs> nine to four on the draw. Uh, Spurs to be winning at halftime. Wolves full time. Thirty-three to one. Whoa, okay. I like that one. That's too bad. A little scorecaster throw in there. Jimenez to score first and Wolves to win 1-0. 25 to 1. little dabble if you want to do something like that. That's all can't see it. Well, I said nil-nil, but I can't see it's not conceding. Unless Bolly is fit, well, he probably won't be. Or Yerson, throw one of them back in, try and be more solid, but they're probably uh, not Yerson, fit, are they? Yerson was at the... Um, the under-23s game, but he didn't play. Yeah. So what mm. that means, I don't know. It probably means he's not fit unless he just wanted to have a little tour around Kidderminster. But why would he go? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, Penny Black's shut now, isn't it? So. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's have a little... I mean, we, we talked about transfers a little bit last week. Um, but I think the one that's probably just a really, really weird situation is when you've got someone like Atletico Madrid who won La Liga last season going in for Rafa Mir when we need a striker. Harry, can you try and shed some light on the situation? He's training with the squad at the moment. Oh, I mean, we all we all see the same thing, don't we? Yeah, he's back. And he's he's pretty he's pretty clear he wants to go. I know some Wolves fans are hopeful that he might make an appearance, probably in the League Cup, if anything, against Forest. But he wants to go. Wolves are probably holding out on a on a bigger fee, aren't they? And I just can't believe because talking of Forest, I think Forest said that he's one of the worst loan players they've ever seen at the club, <laughs> and now he's all of a sudden he's he's going to Atletico Madrid for fifteen million euros. It's just Funny old game, isn't it? Really, when you when you yeah. say things like that. But I'd love him to stay if he wanted to. But he just he just clearly doesn't, does he? So, yeah, he's gonna go. And we're linked with. I've wrote it down here. We're linked with so many people. That is it. Guedes from Valencia, like a double deal with that Kangin Lee, and apparently Sace and Rafa Mir are gonna be a little double deal. That's the rumours. But how can you believe the rumours? I don't know. There's so much flying around at the moment, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's so much flying around. Do you see the Aaron Ramsey one as well? That's yeah. funny. That was hilarious. His it's it's on about 500 grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No chance. We're saying we have to sell, sell Rafa Mer before we can sign a centre-back, which we've needed for four years. And yeah. we're just bringing a player on half a million pound a week. Yeah. I, I still think um, I still think the most bizarre ones, This uh, the other Samada, this Ruben Ruben's Samada, Samada. He's, he's, 
his criminal his criminal records insane. And I don't. Uh, there's reports that we can't get a work permit. There's some reports saying it, it ain't even on the cards. But yeah. that's the thing. The club are so quiet. Our local journalists don't know what's going on. Yeah. We've, the last few weeks we've had fan cast getting exclusives. I don't know why the fan channels all of a sudden got better sources <laughs> yeah. than the journalists. I don't know what's going on with our club at the moment. But Tim yeah. Spears is going. What the hell? I'm yeah, like, yeah. What? So what have I got to do? What? Like, all the sources are gone. But. I mean, some, Ruben Tomato, he's obviously a bit of a, a bit of a nutter, any. But yeah. if he's good, I don't know if he's about him. I'd take him. I don't care if he's had a gun in a nightclub. I'd take him <laughs> if he can help our defence. Wasn't it kidnapping though? Didn't he kidnap? Yeah. Oh, he's done all sorts. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's done his time. So he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think he has. I think he just ran away from Spain. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the problem. Yeah, he's like Warren Tag for a day, wasn't it? He'll be playing on tag when he comes. Yeah. We're in a bit of trouble if we get into Europe. He's not allowed to go into Spain for eight years. There's <laughs> <laughs> the Marbella training camp out the window <laughs> next season. Just, just let, him use, let him use Nelson Sabado's passport. It'll be all right. Scratch off the little, the little arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I saw a funny post on Twitter. It was just like things that are going to be in um, Ruben's pocket after you play Liverpool and it's a picture of Jota some gaffer tape and gun I hope he's right uh, that's right oh right okay go on Jack I don't want us to get to this stage now because everyone's starting to when's the window shut do you want a convict to come and play <laughs> oh whatever <laughs> if, if it's numbers and we have a bench so, to compete rather than the children then should we do a convict others? 11 he's a Mendes client isn't he is that right yeah, yeah, yeah. Really oh, yeah of course he is there's no one else you get linked with check that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't sort of start panicking but I think when people like Large have come out Dendonka has come out and said that we need players it must they must be doing what they can behind the scenes and I know we've only got what 13 days left until the end of the transfer window so people are starting to panic, which I think why these rumours are just sort of snowballing out of nowhere. Yeah. But if you remember Trincao, that just came out of nowhere, didn't it? Like we, nobody had any whispers about that. No. It was just announced. I think all of them last season did as well. So they do they do keep their cards close to their chest for their credit. But could you imagine that, you know, with the games we've got coming up, if we lose to Spurs, lose to Man United and make no signings before the end of the window, then it's going to be oh. a very tough melt, few melt Bruno down. Large. I'm melt sorry to down. put in. I saw a funny one on Twitter and it's just come back to me. That... Uh, Kang In Lee. I think he's Japanese. Is that right? Do you know? Can you correct me, anyone? Well, anyway, someone said they walked past Molyneux earlier who lives in Wolverhampton and there was a Japanese flag that's been put up. So they said, that's it. It's confirmed he's coming. <laughs> Always got to keep that, an eye on the flag. That, that's the... Uh, yeah. Well, we're at war. I, like, I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're clutching at straws now, aren't we? If, we? if we're seeing a flag go up on top of Molyneux and that's why we think now we think that player's coming. <laughs> just the, some of the things people go <laughs> One I saw today was um, at Tottenham, weirdly, was the, that £40 million pound move for Adama. Do you think there's any legs in that, Mark? Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> really? Do you want to go? Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Get him out of the club. No, really? really? Yeah, that is yeah, a yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 40 million for Adama Traore is absolutely fantastic money. Get Like, oh my God. It... Uh, uh, You're actually sorry. beside yourself. I, 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 like, it, it, like, I understand. I understand that he he was our attacking threat. But if yeah. you ain't got an end product, what's the point? Like he hasn't yeah. got an end product. He, he never has. Like you got, if he had an end product, he'd be playing for Real Madrid. Yeah. Not yeah, Wolves, I, you know. I, know I, I agree with that. But then it's weird of him, isn't it? Because all the stats coming out about his dribbles and there's that messy stat. I've wrote it down. 412 take-ons, Messi's got 475. They're the only two players in Europe with over 400 take-ons in the last two years or something. But like Mark says, if he did have that end product, man, and ho- we keep saying he might be able to get there. Nuno said he worked on him. That one little spell where he kept setting up Raul, remember? Yeah. yeah, 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 cross yeah, it. yeah. We needed to get back to that, but I get what you're saying, 40 million, but, but I saw, um, I think it was, is that that sweet and sour soccer put that clip on saying we might as well have Justin oh, yeah. Gatlin or Usain Bolt? Yeah, yeah. Come on. I've seen Usain yeah, Bolt playing the Australian League in soccer, right? No end product, mate. No, no end product. Yeah. He's doing that. He's no. doing that instead of passing the ball. Some of these chances, some of the chances he had against Leicester, the first half one, and the one where he just 
bounced off Vestergaard and did that volley, which he should have scored. Other players can't even get in that position, can they? I agree. So he gets in these positions. I just just pray he can improve slightly and make the right decisions in the final third. But 40 million is a lot of money. I agree. It's a dangerous game, though, since you're playing this late in the window because time goes on and time slips away. It's almost like a game of poker, isn't it? And Spurs will put down a flush and we'll put down Mr. and Mrs. Baker and a, a Uno card from a different pack. It's just not going to be on a, on a similar level, is it? It's just, I think as it, as it goes on longer, Jack, it's, it's just seems ridiculous because then you get less time to try and bring a player in unless they do a swap i know someone in the comment section has said that sun could be coming the other way to Foson's credit really? they're very good at like holding the holding deals aren't they and, to, and getting the best out of them look at eight nori they're supposed to be 20 million and we we basically bided our oh, time a little fine. bit and got him for 10 million so yeah. that's that's a good bit of business and they won't i don't think they'll overpay unless it's for fabio silva so <laughs> we'll, we'll see that's really I know it's very hard to defend Traore, going back to Traore after we put, you know, if he could score, we'd have probably at least got a point on Saturday. At least hit the target when he cleared through on goal. Oh, yeah, it would have been. It would be great. But he is quite unique, and I hope that Large can get the best out of him still because he can change games, which is why I was surprised how little he featured. Yes, yeah. I said to him. Euros for Spain, really. When they were I said chasing. to you, Mark, Saturday. I, I think you've said it before, Sam, on last, last year when we was doing the podcast as well. Troyora is perfect to bring off the bench, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the last half an hour, but he doesn't want that. He wants to be a super the star, doesn't he? He wants to start. So, But he's got to get better if he wants to do that, which is frustrating. Uh, perfect. Uh, go on, Mark. Go on. I'll bring sorry. you in on that. I'll let no, you end off that one. Sorry. I, I don't want to end on a negative, but <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I really think like it, he's had like five managers that have tried to get the best out of him and his end product, and it's still not there. Um, and he's coming up to his peak now. So I, I just I just think £40 million is so much money, and we could do a lot with that money, especially not, not just Mendes clients, obviously, but, you know, I just think it, it would sort out so many positions if we got rid of him. Build a new corner stand with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just don't think it's true, though. I can't see it. I can't see. I think if Neves and Chirori are going to go, they'd have gone by now. Not Neves. No. <laughs> All right. I saw right. Him. <laughs> when I saw the rumours circulating earlier, a lot of the Tottenham fans were like, we don't want him. And they kept point. They always just look at the stats, don't they? In 120 odd games, what's he got like seven goals or something really low or something like that? Yeah. Sort of something around that. And they were just saying, like, we don't want him. But like Jack said, he's unique and there's little things he does. And maybe if he learns to pass it before someone sets someone's up. So, like, <laughs> run to the edge of the box, give it to someone else, and then they can set someone up or yeah. whatever or shoot. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's the weird one with him. When he should have squared it the other day and just played it early and oh. squared it straight into Jimenez. I don't I don't know if Jimenez was a little bit offside. I don't know. I couldn't really see from where I was stood, see, but no. it was still the wrong decision. I 100% don't think that Traore didn't pass it because he thought Jimenez was offside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the reason. He was on the wrong side, wasn't he? I don't think he wanted to use his left foot as well. So he yeah, he's head like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's offside. <laughs> Uh, just a, a final question then which is sort of a, a more broad question really um harry i'll start with you is it, we were talking a little bit before about what makes an elite football club because I, I, I hear the word elite football club banded around quite a lot i mean the super league apparently had six english teams in there that were elite so i can't think who they would be um but apparently the tottenham and arsenal were in that group and um, what would you say does make an elite club because someone mentioned chelsea and i just thought well if you're buying players that you've sold on the cheap for nine times the price that you sold them for, for, does that make you elite or does it just make you rich? Or does being rich make you elite? Well, well, I suppose it does, but it's a combination of things, isn't it? It's fan base, it's history, it's fame, I guess, which is... Because look at Arsenal and Tottenham. They haven't been the best over the last few years, but they got picked for that Super League because of their fan base and their brand and there's so many different aspects to it. I mean, like Leicester are creeping up towards the top six now, but would you say they're an elite club? Probably not just because they've got a similar probably size fan base to us, or maybe we're a bit bigger than Leicester. They've got, they've got the atmosphere of an elite club. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah they've, they've got, got clappers. To. They've got elite clappers. Yeah, hopefully we don't get like that, but if we want to get to where we want to get to, it, we probably will eventually, won't we? That's just what the game is now, but I get what you're saying with that, like Man City and Chelsea got a lot of money in like the early noughties or a bit later, and then they become what they are. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what... There's so many aspects to an elite club, isn't there? Mark? I think it's about history. I think it's about uh, 
it's it's about worldwide recognition really and if you're if you're you know in africa for example and you you know seeing the massive premier league uh, fans they've got the man united shirts on they've got the liverpool shirts on they've got mm. as harry said the tottenham arsenal so it's not because they're not necessarily bothered about where they're in the league but it's their worldwide fame isn't it and it's like for me Paris Saint-Germain aren't an elite club. Um, I was say Paris Saint-Germain. Because of like, just because of money doesn't mean that Man City are an elite club. They're not there yet, I don't think. I think it's 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 all well and good having you know this oil money and stuff, but you can't you can't get that through just twenty years of success. It has to be consistent. It has to be like for me, Everton are a bigger club than Chelsea. Because of how many league titles have won, um, uh, not only it's just their honours, their honours board. Like you know, Villa, a massive, massive club. It pains me to say. Harry, throw him out the stream. Kick him out. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, but but they are, and and you know, you've that's got to be put into the mix. I just don't think if you throw money at something that you're an elite club. That so that for me puts Paris Saint Germain out and Man City out. Jack, what do you reckon? No, I think that's that's a great point, really. And you look back at some of the history, and obviously the English game is built on history. I'm not saying that Man City aren't because they were Man City were, I don't know what to say. They were kind of like a similar club to us not that long ago, really. You know, so looking like the you know the turn of to the turn of the uh, millennium when we were both in similar positions, really. And obviously they kicked on and became a sort of an established Premier League team, and we yo-yoed a bit. But to take them, to, yeah, to that next level they've just had that money injection but it doesn't really build that history does it so it's difficult as well isn't it because when you try because they're the second club in the city aren't they realistically because manchester united one of the biggest clubs in the world it's always more difficult isn't it to be that second club in the city which i suppose actually adds to what they've actually done i always think as well though the only reason man city were bought in the way they were is because their name is manchester because they the owners point, yeah. wanted it off the back of Manchester United. Was it Rubinho who said he thought he was signing for Man United? He didn't realise he, he didn't know there was another club in Manchester. I'm sure I saw that quote somewhere. Oh god, I hope that's true. Yeah, I'm sure if you look at him, I'm sure that's true. Honestly, I don't know if it's a joke, but he's in jail now, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he's is he? He was yeah. in Samado yeah. cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Ruben cell, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah. 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 I'm sure Shank them. <laughs> sign both of them. I guess maybe yeah, that's exactly. how... <laughs> All right, sign both of them, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how we get players in on the cheap. We just recruit from the prisons. <laughs> yeah. Care in the community. Machine. We'll have it's a bold strategy. It's a bold strategy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, look, we'll leave that then for another week. Um, we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Thank you, everyone. See you in a bit. Jack Williams. Cheers, guys. Thank you. And a big thank you to Mark Rose from Wandering Wolf 2. Thank you very much, lads. Thanks for having me. And it's a goodbye for me. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.